Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hub with me, Martin Johnson. I'm delighted today because I've got a special guest, Sir Dave Brilsford. Welcome, Dave. Thank you very much. Uh, Dave and I have been in a meeting all day. Uh, We've been hatching a plan and discussing all things leadership and cultures. And I thought, I cannot have you here without dragging you onto the podcast (laughs) and without also uh, recording the podcast in the form of a video. We've got some works going on outside. Ignore them. I'm sure you won't hear them and we're going to plow through it anyway. So Dave, first of all, welcome. We've spent the best part of five hours together. Mm. How have you found your day with us so far? Yeah, great, actually. Um, it, uh, I went out for a bit of a run this morning, first time in Hull, I think, and uh, <laughs> got a bit of a sea breeze to get me going, but uh, it was great to come here. Um, as you know, I um, <clears throat> I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, and not general podcasts, podcasts where I think I can learn something. And um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I came across across the the T two hubcast and podcasts, and I, I I was intrigued. I listened, and then I listened to another, and listened to another, and listened to another, and I think um, I really really like the work that you guys are doing. So reached out, obviously, and um, and got in touch um, because I think you know in my twenty odd years of uh, trying to survive in the sports world, um, you realise pretty quick that uh, you can't actually do the thing that you're going to get judged about. You know, I can't win a bike race. You know, it's not me. It's somebody else. And But I'm going to get judged on that other person's performance, as many of us do. Um, so I better get pretty smart at uh, trying to think about how do you create an environment where human beings can be the best version of themselves, op- perform optimally, and um, and how do we create that, you know, on a consistent basis? So that's kind of, if you like, what's led us here, I it guess. Has. And it was amazing, I've got to admit, um, you know, even having spent the day with you in person, we've had several virtual calls in the mm. pandemic, you know, as, mm. as everybody does. And, you know, when you first, when I said, Dave, how, how did you hear about us? How was mm. all this come about? And you said, well, I listen to your podcast when I'm on my bike. I, honestly, right. I nearly fell off my chair. It was like, <laughs> somebody listens and somebody of significance. So that's really good for us because we put a lot of time and effort into um, authentically recording um, content and, and doing what we do, we don't have scripts like mm. we don't today. We mm. don't have plans. We don't. Mm. We generally sit down, table a topic, and discuss it, whether mm. that's on video or on, on a podcast. So, I think the authenticity and the, and the natural style of it tends to resonate with people. Mm. And um, obviously, I think the first one you said you listened to that caught caught your eye was the uh, organizational development and design one. Yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, we, we throw these terminologies around yeah, and. Yeah. And then that led you to, led to you obviously um, listening to the other ones. But we've had a great day today, and I think you know at the time of this podcast going out, would probably be safe to say that we've contracted to support you in the uh, in the Oscar and Adidas in yep. the twenty twenty one twenty two season yep. to work with you on some leadership stuff and cultural yep. stuff. You know, we're absolutely thrilled and delighted. I think we have a better idea now of what that's going to mm. look like. Um, but I guess my question to you, Dave, is this: obviously. You've been there, seen it, done it. You've had plenty of success. You've had plenty of ups and downs, mm. plenty of challenges. Mm. Um, but all re- you're sort of still in that frame of mind where 
you're looking for the next thing. You're looking for how you can bring new innovative stuff in to just help that performance, you know, help find those gains to use a, a classic saying, but anything that you can find that will help you and the team be successful. Hmm. Even now you're still looking for that despite yeah. everything that's gone before. I mean, is yeah. that just the way you're wired or the way you're brought up or, you know, what is that in you? No, really. I think, um, I think once you embark on a career in elite sport, um, you know that um, it's an ever-evolving kind of uh, area to be to be to to be in, you know. And I think maybe like all of us, I, I see myself kind of at the analogy of I'm on a treadmill and, it, and it's going pretty fast, and I've got to keep running if I want to stay on that treadmill. And if you decide you want to slow down a little bit, you're going to fall off the back. You're just going to shot off the back of the treadmill, then you're gone. So either keep running very very fast. Uh, or get off the treadmill, you know, and keep running fast for me means that you've got to say keep abreast of um, anything which will help you with your uh, development of people. And, um, you know, that in every sport, there's a, a technical aspect, there's a tactical aspect, there's a, you know, the, the, there's, there's the side of sport, which is um, man-made or, you know, all about tactics, etc. But fundamentally, sport is about human beings, you know, and, and how they perform, how do you get the best out of them, how do you perform in, you know, when, when you're putting yourself in a state of real or an environment of real anxiety, and how do you manage that, you know? So for for me, you know, it, it's a bit like, it's a bit like raising kids in many respects, you know, your, your, your parental style with one child um, might be fantastic and it might get a great result. But if you use the same parental style with a second child, it might be have a totally different outcome. So you've got to adapt. And of course, parenting over time changes. You're not parenting the same way as you are with a two-year-old as you are with a 20-year-old. And it's the same in our business, you know, same in our game. And you've got to keep constantly be willing to keep abreast of, uh, of, of new developments, latest developments. And a team like anything else, it goes through, you know, ebbs and flows, it goes through ups and downs. And, um, and, and you can find certainly culturally a, a time when things come together You've got a, a, a good cultural dynamic. You've got a strong culture, strong cultural leadership. People understand what the culture is and they buy into it. And of course, over time, then they hopefully they they thrive in that culture and they perform. And then that comes to an end. There's a life cycle to it. And you've got to build another one. And you've got to start again. And you've got to start again. And, and, and I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> one of the things we're finding at the minute, um, working with organizations of from all industries and different backgrounds, is this generational shift as well. And I don't mm. know if you're seeing this in sport, mm. but... You know, you've probably, I'm not going to make you feel old, Dave, but you've probably coached sports people now of possibly three generations, maybe mm. four generations, you know, yeah. definitely three generations. Do you see a shift in the mindset? Because, you know, we've got, obviously, we've had Generation X, mm. now we've had Millennials, mm. now we're experiencing Generation Z come mm. through, you know, the mm. young, late teens, early mm. 20s people and they've been brought up in different environments mm. with different parenting styles, mm. with the digital industrial revolution, mm. you know, mm. certainly the last yeah, 10, yeah. 15 years. Are you seeing that manifest different in the way you've got to deal with those sports people depending on generational shift? Is, is that certainly happening? Or is it still completely, in your opinion, just down to the individual? No, I, I, think, I think you've got to adapt. And, um, and if you listen and watch, you know, that all of the all the different generations you, you've just uh, described, it's hard not to hear about that. So you, we're all going to be aware of that. And if you look a little bit, then you're going to find out 
some of the attributes of those generations, how best to approach them and, and what might give you a greater chance of success. And, um, you know, I've coached through an era where there was very little mobile phone use and all of yeah. a sudden, you know, everything, social, mobile, the way people interact, the influence that social media and, and, and the internet has on people and their behaviours uh, has changed massively. Um, but you've got to engage with it, I think. That's the thing. You know, knowledge in itself isn't enough. So being aware of something as a leader is not enough. You've got to take that knowledge. You've got to learn about it. And you think, well, how am I going to translate this into something which is meaningful? And in the end, you know, as, as most things, knowledge is important, but it's the application of that knowledge and, and the final kind of executable step, if you like, the really little things that make a difference in the end to somebody, which is where the real kind of um, the real challenge lies. And you only need... You know, can have the whole chain in place of knowledge and great delivery to start with, but all you need is one loose link in that chain to use a cycling analogy, and it all falls down. Yeah, and, and I think that's what we see. And you know, it's very difficult to apply science. They apply, it's the application of science. It's the application of psychology. It's the application of leadership knowledge. It's the application of education, which in the end brings you the results. And um, that's about effort, I think. Yeah, and, and I, that's what we have to do. We spoke about it today, Dave, and I was drawing on the on the whiteboard to you and talking about this chasm at the minute between driving accountability and performance. And if you think back two generations in sort of through the 80s and 90s in elite sport and in overall performance, it was very much a, a driving performance and accountability mm. and very much at times autocratic and directive mm. in, as a general rule. Mm. Um, and then we fast forward through a generation or so to today and it's very much the world has changed and, you know, leadership styles have changed and the way people receive communication has changed. And obviously we want to be compassionate and empathetic and cater for human beings as well. Right. But there is a chasm and I, and we talked about it today mm. between do great leaders find that balance between driving accountability and results um, and, and being very clear on non-negotiables and expectations and engaging people and being compassionate and empathetic is that the way forward, do you find, if you're too stacked in one direction, if you're too empathetic and about rapport and you become more of a friend and if you're too driven by big stick and results and output, you become a little bit of a dictator and a bit mm. autocratic. Does the balance lie in a leader's ability now, even in a sporting context, to try and balance the two, what do you think? Well, I think, I think in any situation, I, I think you're right, absolutely, 100% right. And um, nothing's static. So I don't think we stay in the same consistent, you know, level of of, of uh, requirements from a leadership point of view. You know, things are changing all the time and, and you have to read it, you know, and you have to make the effort to read it. And I think then you try and adapt your own style. And, and if you think if you're you as a leader um, are having a difficult moment or, it, you know, it's an intense period because we're all the same. We all have moments where it's going well and all moments where it's not going so well. And how you're responding in those situations will determine your impact as a leader on, on others. And so when things aren't going well, you need to have a probably a, the opposite response to what you're feeling in order to support other people in that same environment. And that's not easy. And sometimes I think we do it well and sometimes we don't do it so well. But I think in general, I think being able to stop and reflect and think about what impact am I having on this group? Am, am I actually, have I got insight into manage myself? Am I managing my own behavior? Um, and I'm, am I managing, you know, how my level of, of support or intensity, whatever else it may be, 
I think that's fundamental as a first step. It's the look in the mirror analogy, isn't it? You know, what's, to manage other people. I'm laughing because what's really struck me today, Dave, having spent the day with you, is this. Obviously, the more success you have and the more longevity you have in, a, in an arena or, in a, or in, a, in a sporting context, the more people sort of um, remember the successes mm. and, you know, Hill, the genius and all the rest of it. However, you spent the entire day talking to me today about all the times you've got it wrong. Mm. And mm. <laughs> I've been quite open and almost like, yeah, and I, and I said this and then I had to mm. check myself and then what I really got wrong. In, and when I think back to those days when mm. I was doing this and mm. I was quite struck by that, but I think it's it sort of saying that no matter what success you get, there's it's like you've got this constant mirror up going, but what did I get wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah. What, what, is yeah. that? Is that? I mean, I'm I'm saying that that's the case, but is that generally the case with you? I think so. I think you've got some sort of non-negotiables for yourself. You know, if you want you want people to achieve the best or be the best that they can be, then you have to you know create a bit of ambition around a place and bring a bit of energy and and um, and make sure there's a an enthusiasm uh, backed up by a, a good plan. You know, this is how I can actually break it down and achieve that. You know. And uh, but but, but self reflection is is pretty important, and I think if you want to be the best you can be, then you're gonna to have to try things that you may not have tried before, and you've got to push. You know, you've got to push. You can't just you know we're not talking about sort of sitting in a comfort zone and being mediocre. We're talking about trying to be the best you can be, and you can't be the best you can be without really pushing to the limits. When you push to the limit, sometimes it's going to work really well, and at other times it's not going to work so well. But as long as you can get inside of good people around and catch that pretty quick and self-correct. And I think, you know, over the years, been very lucky to work with um, various people and um, uh, who've got a very keen, good, you know, Steve Peters in, 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 in uh, psychiatry, obviously, and listen to a lot of things. And that's why I'm engaged with you guys, because it causes you to self-reflect. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's no getting away from the fact that you have to look at yourself in a minute constantly and engage with that. And the moment you stop and you take it for granted, then you're in trouble, I think. Yeah, and, and I think that manifests in you because you were saying today that, let's say, for example, you win X amount of gold medals at the Olympics or you win the Tour de France. You were saying today about in you, you very are, you're very quickly to put that to bed. Mm. It's mm. not I'm not dining out on that. I'm going to put no. that to bed and it's like, right, next season, mm. I, I need to win. Mm. Whereas the temptation for a lot of humans would be, go, I've won the Tour de France. That's mm. me made, right? Mm. I can dine on, out on that for at least 10 years. But you were saying about this constant not celebrating it for too long, putting it to bed, right, moving on, what next? And I guess that then fuels this, mm. this never-ending cycle of going, well, you know, looking for more. How do we be yeah. better? What can we bring in? What are we not doing? What are we not doing so well? So I think that's just probably a trait in you, isn't it, that, I mean, do you ever allow so. yourself just to sit there and go, yeah, that was good? Or does it, you know? <laughs> I wish I could, actually. <laughs> I really do. I would like to down out on it. But it's just not how I'm wired. You know, I think um, it feels to me that um, there was a couple of things, really. I think I think if you lead a team of young people wanting to be the best that they, they can be, then, you know, you've got some serious responsibility there. It's not about me. It's about them. And, and I'm here to enable their performance. And support their performance, their careers, and 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 if you're going to take that burden of responsibility on board, then you've got to take it seriously. I think, and you have a duty of care, really, to 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 be the best you can be. How can you expect? You know, it just doesn't stack up to me. About we used to talk about podium people, where 
if you want uh, a performer to get on the Olympic podium or be on top of the podium, then why would we accept that everybody else around in supporting that individual wouldn't be striving to be on the podium themselves? So if I'm going to be a team principal or a performance director, who's the best performance director or a team principal in the world? And if they're on the podium, what are the attributes that's putting them there? How do I stack up against that? And how am I going to strive to get there? I think it's just a given. And I think the other thing for me, unfortunately, is that every time I go to a race, I, I, it's as if I had my chips and a collection of chips, as it were. And every time I go to a race, I just put the whole lot <laughs> on red or black, roll the dice, and it's all on the line as far as I'm concerned. And that's that's just my mentality. And I think that drives me on. It's, it's almost that mantra of there is no middle ground. You win or you lose. Mm. I, I, you know, we were massive on that at the minute when we're working in education and with younger generations around. It's not this taking part, you know, mm. notion. It, there is always winners and losers in life mm. in any endeavor. Mm. Um, and I remember watching something, I don't know if it was an interview or a documentary with you, where at the end you was asked the question around, you know, is, is driving a really high performing environment worth all of it? And it was like, well, we're here to raise a nation of winners, not, mm. a, you know, a nation of losers. Mm. And I think, you know, yes, generational shifts are meaning we have to do that in a slightly different way and that we have to be more informed about communication styles and behaviors mm. and empathy and compassion and all the rest of it. However, ultimately, it's about winning. Uh, and in a sporting yeah. context, that's there's no other way, is there? You know? No, no, and, and that's what we set out to do. You know, we set out to win the biggest races in the world and we get judged on it. You know, that's, that's how people will judge us. I, I would caveat that and say, um, in the end, you know, we can only be the best that we can be and striving to get personal excellence and achieve the best that we can possibly be. And if that's the best in the world, great. But if it's, I don't know, hundredth in the world, if it's, if it's the best that you can be and, and you're achieving personal excellence, then that's where you're at, you know? So we're in the business, you know, we're, as, a, as the team that we are trying to achieve the, uh, you know, trying to race in the biggest races in the world and setting out to win them. Then absolutely, you know, we're, we're there to uh, to perform and win those races. But I think I think we should also bear in mind that you can win without winning at times. You know, it sounds a bit ridiculous, but um, and it's not contradictory. I hope, but but you know, personal excellence is what we're all striving for in the end, isn't it? The best version of ourselves, the best we can be, and and we can support one another to achieve that. So I've got one last question before we probably before we finish just on a little bit around our work together going forward. I've got enough time, haven't we? We've got, got enough time. So um, I've worked in sport before, as you know, mm. uh, albeit only once or twice in in a T two capacity, uh, and nowhere near the level that you've operated at. But it seems to me very much like I we talked about the elite sports equation today, and I put mm. talent right at the center mm. of it. We work in many different sectors and. Talent, having the right talent and the right personnel within a team seems to me in sport more important factor than any other industry that I've worked in. Mm. Cultures, leadership, everything, mm. you know, technology, innovation, support, everything is, is an ingredient of success. But it seems to me in certain sporting environments that if you just have the best players, mm. the best talent, mm. the freak, you know, mm. once in a generation sports person, mm. Does any of the other things matter? Can you still win purely just with the right talent? Or do you think it's much deeper and more than that? Because Yeah, I, I think talent alone is, it's a, if you like, you you need the talent to win, but there's potentially uh, more talent out there 
who isn't who aren't getting the opportunity to fully flourish and demonstrate their talent because of the all of the factors around them really so that that might be environment that might be uh, leadership it might be belief it might be you know all the other components of sports now that that exist in all theologies around sports but i really do think people you know talent is important but we're in the business of enabling people to really really get the very very best out of talent and you've got to believe in that you know if people if we don't believe in other people why are they going to believe in themselves and when we started out many moons ago when i first started out with the british cycling program we did one gold medal in 76 years of trying and we went from there a very short period of time to to winning winning a lot and why did that happen it, it, people didn't believe it was going to happen but actually slowly but surely we had the talent we enabled a sort of a human program really it was a people program that uh, that we tried to to bring to, into uh, into the fore of the velodrome and then apply that to to cycling as it were and lo and behold they were they were champions everywhere and um, i'm not sure we'd have recognized them everybody as champions before they went out so for me talent's massively important i'm mean, you're always going to get the talent of a generation that's for sure it's going to happen be that in football and cycling whichever sport however i think in the right environment with the right support the right encouragement the right plan the right tools the the right you know means to manage their you know barriers and challenges and and overcome all of that the right ambition the right hunger then um, there are a lot more champions out there than probably think awesome last question 6 to 9 months from now we've conducted some of the work mm. that we're going to do together we work with leaders in your organization mm. we we drive a successful program if there was one leadership outcome improvement within the environment that you'd like to try and achieve um what would that be what does it look like um well i like the idea of um well i, I think now in 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 today's kind of world as it were um integrated performance or yeah. performance through integration of all the different kind of elements that go into it the people around who provide services etc is uh, is fundamental and getting people to integrate and collaborate as we all know isn't easy you know we can get people into structures we can get people into departments but it's the bit between the boxes and the organogram that really matter and um, and i think one thing that we would really like to look uh, back on in 6 to 8 months time look back and go wow we are really a collaborative organization and i think if we can achieve that then the rest will look after itself it's like we've got all the pieces exactly. we've got all the different facets it's about bringing it together exactly and in the right environment the right mindset you know with good leadership the right talent which i'm sure we got um but i think collaboration and integration performance integration they'd be the two and you asked me for one but there's two there i'm <laughs> hand in hand really and i think they'd be the two things and i think would be top of the list. Perfect. And if we've got a couple of minutes, have we got a couple of minutes. I'm just looking over at Dylan who's uh, overseeing the proceedings today. I'm putting you on the spot here Dave, but I guess if you was because I'm going to turn the I'm going to turn mm. the events around here. If you was to ask me one question mm. on anything, what would you ask me on this podcast? I think rather than asking about uh, where we're heading, you know, it's um it was where you got your drive and i think you got a very structured mind and i think when you impart knowledge 
you do it very in a very clear, concise way, and which is what attracted me to to you guys in the first place. Um, I just where did I come from, really? <laughs> where did uh, I come about? Yeah, it's um, you know my my drive. I think partly is um, is from my upbringing and also uh, wanting to be have better than what I had. I think as a working class person from Hull. So I always had an initial drive to succeed, but I guess in this particular area of developing others and people and leadership and mm. consulting, um, there was a there was a great mentor of mine in the military called Wayne O'Kell, MBE. He's uh, he got an MBE for services in the military, and um, he was my rugby coach at the time. And I was quite an outspoken person. Mm. I was quite larger than life, and it wasn't always serving me well, Dave. I've got to admit, <laughs> right? And everybody used to try and cut me down and say, "You need to back off. You need mm. to stop being so outspoken. You need to stop being this." And um, and this particular person said something different to me, and I'll always remember it. And I quote him in my book. He said, "Never change what you have. That aura, that presence, mm. that strength." However, you need to learn to harness it in the right mm. direction. If you can learn to sort of channel and harness it, mm. you will be capable of incredible things. And that was the moment. I always remember as early 20s, that was the defining moment where I was like, yeah, you know, he's right mm. and I could do this. So I, then I started reading books. Mm. I started going on courses. I started mm. to develop myself and that unlocked a whole different mindset for mm. me. And that's where I started to harness and channel what I had into work, career, consulting, et cetera. And, um, and the rest is history. So I think the drive was in me from childhood and wanting to do well in life. But I think the, the defining changing moment for me was when the first person ever said to me, don't change. Mm. I'm not going to clip your wings, but you definitely need to learn mm. to make it serve you well yeah. and stop yeah. getting you in the shit all the yeah. time. <laughs> and I just remembered that as a piece of coaching to me that was incredibly empowering mm. and liberating and, I thought if I can do that for other people, mm. wouldn't that be something? Brilliant. That's sort of where it comes from. Right then, we're going to end it there, Dave, because we're thank almost at time. But thank you for your time today. I am looking forward to working with you and yeah, the ideas and Ineos. Yeah. Let's see where it goes. Um, thank you for being part of the podcast. We'll wrap that up there, and we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast and T2 Video. <laughs>